This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Top story today is JJ Boogie made all this awesome music for us. And I think I finally figured out how to use it. I love it. I want to thank him. And uh, I just feel like when I hear that, I know what's coming, and I'm loving it. What do you think, Binkley? I love it. It's fantastic. Isn't it great? And then at the end, I just feel so... Groovy. Like, I've got... Yeah, I feel so groovy. I just want to have a cocktail. I want to smoke a cigarette for the first time in (laughs) 10 years. So I feel like it's good that it's at the end of the day where you actually could do those things if you wanted to. It gets you in the mood, like, makes you unwind from all the news we just blasted at you. But the first part I like because it gets you ready to ready for the blast. That's so right. Many, many thanks for that awesome, awesome sound. So the that's our top story. But the top story that you're <laughs> going to hear on Fox is that Turkey has extended the ceasefire. We told you about this yesterday with Russia saying they've got five more days to get the Kurds out of most of the area they're talking about, not all of it. So there is a potential that this thing could collapse. And as I listen to these, it's it would just be so perfect. It's such an easy, obvious solution to just let it go. Let Syria have its sovereign borders. It's a sovereign nation, okay? And if you mess with it, it's going to turn to others like Iran and Russia to help it out. So let's just, if if everyone will accept this kind of return to the old normal, that would be ideal. But I don't see that coming. I don't know that I do either. The setup for every Stephen Colbert joke over the past week and a half has been, as you recall, Trump betrayed our allies. They are desperate, I know. And I mean, everything you read, they're, they're bashing Trump on this. And it looks like he is really going rogue and maybe he is as far as they're concerned but i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and i think the clue is this is the rising media coverage of isis attacking american teens through these tiktok videos yeah i saw the story about that where they were posting beheaded videos right and then at the end i guess when as the blood's about to spurt they put confetti out there I, I I don't I'm not gonna seek that stuff out. Some be, I have seen real beheading videos, which are so sick, and then I've seen ones that that are not real. I have to say, and that's sick in a different way. But it's not like the most horrible thing you've ever seen, such as the real beheading videos. But there was one little item in the Wall Street Journal article on the TikTok. ISIS videos that I found interesting, and it will lead to a story that we're going to cover on the WSB show this weekend. It's Saturday from 3 to 6 Eastern on WSB, is they, they have this company called Storyful, which is a an affiliate somehow of Wall Street Journal. It's called a social media intelligence company. Is mm-hmm. this, have you ever heard of this? I have heard of this. And what, I mean, I feel like it has to play into that Bill Barr memo that says we're going to we're going to identify people with ambiguous intent for what I'm calling pre-crime. Yeah, you know, I haven't linked it, haven't linked it to that, but that does make sense now that I'm looking at it. I, you know, I want to say that I, I discovered this through Stacey Abrams somehow. I can't put my finger on how I found out about Storyful. Well, why don't you take that on? And we're going to – so on – on Saturday, I want to talk about this Bill Barr thing. There's a Texas senator who's doing this stuff, too. It's what I call the everything but 
approach to taking away our civil liberties and our rights and protections. They're going to take away everything but gun rights until everything else is gone, and then they'll take the gun rights. Yeah. But Storyful is going to play into that. I wanted to cover that on Saturday, and I don't want to talk about it at all right now because we're going to talk about it on Saturday, and I'm also going to talk about it with Pete on Freeman Beyond, Beyond the Wall. I We are going to talk about Snowden's book tour. Oh, wow. Snowden's book tour. That'll <laughs> definitely be one to tune in for. And as, uh, as someone who... I think I I concluded that Snowden was completely full of it one week into his making it onto the scene. I I have my own view on this, but you're going to have to wait till Saturday and then uh, the kind of companion piece with Pete next week. So that'll be interesting. But Storyful is going to play into that. But a bigger picture that I'm seeing out of this turkey thing (sighs) – And so I'm thinking maybe this ISIS stuff is going to be, it's going to like, it's going to surge. It's, it's going to just make this comeback in the vacuum that we left behind, kind of like the bombing of Dresden. Like all of a sudden, just by the complete lack of oxygen, it makes a bomb out of itself uh, as there's any kind of incendiary device. Sadly, I shouldn't make any jokes about even refer to with anything but solemnity the firebombing of Dresden, but, uh, the, so that, so what I see, there's just a bunch of things that have alerted me to the possibility, which I've thought before with this trade war is that if it isn't just for cronyism or, or to excuse a, an economic collapse, if it's really a trade war to return manufacturing and stuff to, it wouldn't have to be, the United States, just North America, because if there were embargoes and stuff during a real war, you would want manufacturing. You would want autarky as Mussolini embraced. So I wonder if these indications for real war are true, are are, are pointing to that. I'm going to tell you what they are. There's a lot of press right now about having this North American Union agreement and then that is a trade agreement that's much bigger than our trade with China, according to what I heard on Fox today. I have to verify that because I could barely believe my ears that that's what the amount of trade this covers. But if that's what they're doing, that would be part of it. Uh, defense buildup in Europe. I just read an article, 50 F-35s headed over there. The uh, All the civil unrest that's coming. Didn't you say, what was that thing about civil war that... First of all, there was like an ump who said, we're headed for civil war. He got himself in trouble. Umpire uh, said that oh, he's going to go tweet? get a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, he spelled civil war wrong. Right. Spelled civil war wrong. Really? There was seven in ten, according to a Georgetown poll, that think the U.S. is on the edge of civil war. Does it – seven in ten, what, people they asked? People in the newsroom as Se- they were Seven sitting? of ten <laughs> people that they polled through a Georgetown yeah, university the, polling. The uh, the more I hear about polling and science and all that, when you dig into the the metrics, I've learned statistics, and I think most people have taken classes in statistics. It's very clear that you have to have like a statistically sound sample yes. from a lack of bias to size to how they're selected. They can't self select out. I mean, and and I see so many studies and polls and stuff just kind of shrug that off. Well, yeah, they look to validate the point they're trying to make. 
with whatever and story if you, they're doing. And if you ask an obnoxious question, you can have people not want to participate. So they they really diminish the impact of people who select out. You have a group, you only get answers from people who will answer you. And if they're not forcing people, like the best way to do it is just to randomize the, the 350 million names of the people who are in this country right now and just f- make sure that the 30 people you pick from that actually answer all the questions honestly. Yeah. And as you veer from that, you get a diminishing thing. And it's very easy to diminish it in the diminish the validity in your favor. It's pretty easy to rig a poll. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're here for. Let's make it easy to understand. I know I'm going on and on, but uh, okay. So yes, that's what I think is, is going on there. But the one thing that's missing from the equation of getting a war is all we need now is an economic failure, an economic collapse. And I see that coming too. Because it's just because of how low the interest rates are 12 years into a boom. When the crash comes, there's nowhere to go. There have been warnings of a crash over the past months. They say it's coming. I don't. Yes, you see indicators and they're, they're, they're shrugging them off, you know. But I, I can't help but think the way they're going to do it is they're just going to run out of runway with that 2% interest they have left to go down until Trump is reelected and then they're going to deliver him a crash and then he's going to be able to start a big war and they're going to blame it on him trying to get some cover uh-huh. for his bad policies of trade and everything. I mean, I just I, I know it seems very conspiratorial, but that that kind of stuff really is in the record. Wars and economic crashes and big b- people benefit people, big, big guys on the inside who benefit from that. I mean, that's in every story. In yeah. our history. And other indicators of war are just the general themes that we see in the media that the constant demonization themes and that everything is tied to Russia, that Trump is being yes. put up as this kind of Hitler like figure, that we, we had the training sessions going on that we're doing with Ukrainians and other Europeans over in Ukraine and in Germany yes. right now. There's, right up Russia's butt. Right. Yeah. Right there. And military ad spending for recruitment, I'm pretty sure, has been up on that. And I know some people in the industry who've been talking about I brought that up the other day, and they were like, yes, we've been doing a lot more military ad commercials targeting gamers and other types of people that are trying to recruit into the military. That's sick. Well, they are antagonistic. They're provocative. And I I feel like that whole thing with Russia, it, it just never stops. They're clearly itching for a war, and I think it's not has nothing to do with Russian aggression. Yeah, towards us, it's just that Russia. It's always the same story for over a hundred years. If Russia and Germany join forces, if Russia is brought into the fold in Europe, England doesn't have a chance. Does not have a chance to dominate the world, and they have to keep that. At bay, and of course, we as a vassal of England. If you want to think of it that way, you can think of it any way you want. But, but us, <laughs> us is we want to control it, and and Russia would be disproportionately influential over Europe, and Europe they would have, you know, the leverage would shift over to them, and Germany too. Yeah, 
it it reminds me of what I've studied about world pre World War One, at least for us anyway. I can't. It's like I'm reading a book. How did World War Three start? Yeah. I'm like, well, President Trump, known as a rogue populist, started a trade war, and then, but Russia at the same time was put him in place, thinking he was a friend. But then when things went bad, I mean, I just you can just see the narrative it, being yeah. arranged. Right wing. White nationalism spread <laughs> yes. around the world yes. as far right leaders yes. took over. Yes, I mean, I expect some kind of iconic symbol of Trump to emerge like a swastika, you know, the OK sign or whatever. That's interesting. The, I guess maybe that frog. I don't know. But Pepe like a frog, frog isn't isn't demonic enough to last 100 years. Yeah, maybe it'll be the Joker. You know, I don't know. It has to be something easy that a kid can doodle. Yeah. But, uh, but. The uh, another thing that I thought was uh, was absolutely I don't know if there, I doubt there's a connection, but it is connected in my mind is that the PG&E blackouts in California just don't make sense to me. They're they're cutting off hundreds of thousands, even at times millions of people's electricity. They are saying that the reason is to prevent wildfires because their power lines get blown down from heavy winds and they start fires. Now there's a lot of things wrong with that concept. One is the fire that was started that way was linked to some unusual activity on the PG&E tower that took place shortly before that particular wildfire started there. They don't normally start that way. They're also planning them too far in advance to actually correlate with those high winds. So even if they're saying they're trying to hit the high winds, they're not. So some of the people being interviewed saying there's no wind at all. I don't know why they cut this out. And the wildfires are still starting. So and two for two, when PG&E announces the outage the day before that night, a, a huge amount of wildfire startup. This happened yesterday. And the last time it happened, the the government contracted garbage truck that started the fire was busted doing it on video. And the guy was like, you can't start this fire. You're crazy. And he said that the driver just looked at him with a blank stare, which makes me think that he was not stopping for anything. So I don't know why they're doing that. And as Nacho Slave pointed out, when you turn people's power off, they reserve resort to generators and candles, which are what you know, electric. Those are the things that used to start fires. Electricity stopped it. So I just don't get it. And there were there were a couple of years ago attacks on pg e power stations in California. They were called like terrorist style attacks. They were never brought up again. There's just something weird about it. And and it, and I just I don't know what. I have actually one other theory, but it's very weird. I've never heard of this happening before. Perhaps it hasn't been reported and I I just didn't hear about it, but it says here in NBC that this could become a way of life in California. And there's these other blackouts that have been going on around the world, really. I think in Venezuela and in, I believe in New York a few months ago. I, I feel like – in fact, we even talked about it on a PR report where we talked about to expect more blackouts Yes, oh, you absolutely did that. When it yes, you brought that up when we talked about Venezuela. Isn't that something of – wasn't Zero Nitro Zeus or something in Iran? Wasn't that about – that Isn't was that, cy that was a cyber yes cyber. that was where we have all these like little cyber bombs planted into their grid Iran Iran's yes, grid yes. And, and we can set them off. So when you were talking about the hurricane in 
during the UN climate thing, they kept talking about how horrible the hurricane would be for people on the southwestern corridor, southeastern corridor, and they made it horrible by shutting off the power. Yeah. So it's like they were like, we had to shut off the power. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not a hurricane. That's what you did. I don't know if I can trust you. You were wanted us to be in a panic, and then someone did die because you shut off his power. That's also happened in California. So there's two things. The artificial thing, which I want to get to in a second, but a thing about California is there's a lot of stuff going on out there that's really weird. First of all, that tax thing, that salt tax where your state and local taxes are not tax deductible, that just devastates people in California because it's so expensive to live out there. And on the cover of the Wall Street Journal today was an article about how the gas prices in California are, they're almost $5 a gallon right now. I mean, that's just, it, it's extreme. It's like double. So when you have people- It's like $2 pay, elsewhere, right? It, oh, it's a little over $2 everywhere else. So when you have people who, the cost of living is super, super high, but they still have to pay the same federal tax rates, and then their state tax rates are also super high, and then they can't, because they have a lot of like uh, indigent people and stuff, and then they can't deduct that salt the, the state and local taxes from their federal taxes. I mean, it's just impossible to live under those circumstances. Somebody told me once that New York and California should have their own currencies because you just can't think of it the same way. Yeah. And you take that. So, so these things just make it worse. The oil price, the tax treatment, all this stuff makes it worse. And then the PG&E taking that, that stuff out, they released tens of millions of mosquitoes that may or may not have sterilized. They never had mosquitoes before, which is why California is so much more popular than Florida. They didn't have humidity or mosquitoes or anything. Then mosquitoes arrived, and I've tried to figure out how, because mosquitoes have arrived like throughout the Southwest where they didn't have them before, and they, they have these special mosquitoes that can live in almost no water because there's like almost no water in those areas. Genetically engineered, perhaps. Yeah, and then alongside it, they were like, oh, well, we released 20 million mosquitoes. Trust us, it'll solve the problem. And I I remember reading articles that, like, contradicted themselves and everything. It's just a strange thing. It was – I was investigating because of that Bill – Gates, where he like the Bill Gates is behind thing. those mosquitoes. Bill Gates wants to eliminate the evasive species of mosquitoes to eliminate malaria, and they were doing tests associated with this project. And they actually, in their attempt to eliminate the mosquitoes, they genetically engineered them to make them super mosquitoes. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I think there was a mosquito program like that in California, and then these wildfires seems to be exacerbated by droughts and i've seen some pretty compelling evidence that they do engineer those droughts like i i don't i mean it's almost impossible to believe but they have been working on weather control since the 50s you can go back i've ordered a bunch of really before old before the 50s like yes the, the yes 30s. yes you're right absolutely right i've seen films of that so i started buying these really sophisticated science books from the 50s that i cannot <laughs> decipher but it's about like jet emissions and everything because they're yeah. lying to us about what's in those yeah. Jet, jet emissions have changed, and they're yeah. saying that it's just water. It's not. So I figure someday these will have value, even if I can't decipher them. But I had also seen 
this project of rewilding California where there's an environmental group that wants to take the entire like thousand miles or 500 miles in from the coast from Canada to Mexico back from civilization. And that completely plays in with UN Habitat One, UN uh, Agenda 2030, all these things that want to take land away. And and they would have to get rid of people in California. I don't think that's, I think that's kind of ridiculous that they're going to get rid of people in California, but that is what they suggested. And these are all ways to get rid of people in California. Yeah. Or, and, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, people in California that, a lot of people in California anyway, they are very pro, let's get rid of the people, and let's take care of the earth. It, it is a weird, you know, that they say, like, as California goes, so the rest of the country goes, and it feels to me like they follow in the footsteps of kind of the radical European viewpoint, like yeah. Greta. And it's all kind of European, like this nationalism neo-nazis and everything that's a european thing that's like an eastern european thing they are there that is a real thing there and they've always been there since before you know before world war ii and ever since but we didn't really have that and we have it now or i mean it's they're trying hard to give it to us to bring that identity politics to the right and i i just feel like the radical stuff that you've told us about europe and greta and everything can come Come through the back door, come through California. But I would say my more, my more, I, I think better, a better idea is that they're that they're practicing blackouts for a reason, and it may fold in with all these things that that point to war. I think it seems like a test to me of what happens. At least one of the reasons of what happens when this blackout is how the public reacts to it. They're no doubt absolutely taking surveys of what yes. people are doing. Yes, getting people used to it, but also seeing how they react, which is a lot of what they're doing to Russia, seeing how they react, probing. But I will say, like, this this idea of artificially inducing a crisis, like with the hurricane, the hurricane didn't really cause the crisis, but the power outage that they blamed on the hurricane did. Yeah. I see that with the storming of the, of the closed sessions yesterday, the Republicans, people have, have warned against... Civil, they, they, they're exercising. These Republican politicians, elected officials, congressmen, senators, are suggesting that this is the those elected people's exercising civil disobedience. I mean, they're not the ones who obey; they're the ones who give the orders. They are there to obey the laws. A real constitutional crisis, real civil disobedience, real civil unrest, a real failure of government comes when. The people will not obey the laws when the government can't control the people with the pieces of paper the laws are written on. To have the government itself be the ones who who create the crisis of laws being insufficient to control them, to me, is contrived. To me, is yeah. it's thrusting it upon us. Yeah, it's a new type of activism. In fact, I found something from the Heritage Foundation Yesterday, that was talking about this connected with the worldwide activism that's broken out, protest around the world. That this is, and I haven't read too deeply into it yet, but the paper is about how this is going to be the new form of politics moving forward in, in the you know this new digital world that we have. To so I, I expect to see more stuff. I mean, the Democrats do this all the time. AOC always does stuff like this. 
That's how she became famous, and she continues to do it. She stormed Mitch McConnell. She stormed yeah, his yeah. office. Yeah, uh, Her That's and the squad, so they storm people all the time. And the news media is acting like the Republicans did this horrible, terrible thing. Yes. The, the Democrats lead these things every single weekend. And it reminds me of what? Chikowsky. Jane. Jan- oh, Jan- yeah, Jan. Yeah. Why, why? Why? Because she was, she was. It was. A, she's a senator from Illinois, and she was at the Netroots Nation activism conference, telling people we need to see people getting pulled out of wheelchairs yeah, on the but, front lines. Yeah, but this is different. Bringing, making it the lawmakers, having lawmakers incite the people is is not good. And it, but I don't think that's as they're at least trying to make it look like the problem is with the people. When it's the lawmakers themselves who are doing it, it makes it look yeah. like the government isn't legitimate. But the government is legitimate because it works. Because we don't, we're they can only give us unrest when because they are fomenting it. We accept arbitration. We accept courts. We accept the uh, the no matter how far the police have pushed us so far as as like they they can they never ever get tried for or rarely get tried for abuse of power or anything like that we accept it we accept it we accept it and they they are creating out of nowhere this this crisis and it reminds me of when vicente fox used vulgarity and in in february of 2016 i was like okay this is a watershed moment and then as things progressed i also cited okay we're going to go from vulgarity to violence and it's going to go from the media to the to parliament you know it's like or like our legislature obviously we don't have a parliament but you see it's like the third worlding of our government and it doesn't need to happen so when 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 bush won and people thought it was completely illegitimate that hanging chad his brother was the governor of the state where it happened we did not have violent unrest it's not spontaneous right it is it is contrived, and I saw when you see people in the Ukraine or in uh, some countries where the legislators like throw punches at each other. To me, that is histrionical. Even they're doing it that way, but it's corrupt and self-serving, and everybody knows it. And the people are disgusted that they're they have no control over their government. As much as I hate to say it, because. I believe that self-limiting government is a utopian fantasy. It is. It is. This is not self-limiting government. This is out of control government and still the people accept it. Yeah. And it's and they have to take it to this level to create a a crisis that will generate either uh an excuse for war or an excuse to rewrite the constitution or to take away the constitutional rights. It's it seems very contrived to me. And they've created this this activism around the world that is reaching a boiling point everywhere in a lot of different places. And that energy is going to dissipate one way or another. It's how is it going to dissipate? Like, what is this energy going to be used for? It'll be used for something. What exactly will it be used for? And war could definitely be one of those possibilities. And these protests, I mean, there's, there's more and more of them. And I saw I just read an article in the journal today saying that uh, the case that sparked the Hong Kong protests, I was like, the case that sparked it. I yeah. thought it was that extradition law 
Do you know what the case was? The guy who murdered his girlfriend. <laughs> and yeah, shot her terrible. and put her in a suitcase. It's a terrible. And th- yeah. this is mobilizing the youth to say, oh, right. protect that guy. I mean, I understand that laws are laws. I'm the first person to say you can't take one event and base your laws around it because it's atrocity. But there's they. this is it's an unsympathetic, which, you know, of course, the National Endowment of Democracy is behind these protests. So but that that's what they use, this horrible, horrible pretext. Yeah, they never talk about the pretext of those protests over there. No. And where else were the protests we've been talking about? Is it like. Is Chile having some? Lebanon was having Lebanon, some? Lebanon, Chile, I think Argentina maybe, France. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't – oh, I wouldn't be surprised if you get them in England. I was just reading that the – that okay, so with Brexit, the House of Commons voted in favor of the deal in principle but not on the super short timeline that Boris Johnson wanted because they're like, we have to read it. And the EU said, well, we'll probably give you an extension, but we might not, and we might not make it till January. So they're making it kind of squishy like that. But one little line item was that Northern Ireland threatens civil unrest if it doesn't go the way they want. And then in what was supposedly an unrelated story, they found a tractor trailer full of dead bodies in London like thirty and, something bodies. Yes, and the dr- and the driver was northern a northern Irish guy, so he's threatening not him, but like Northern Ireland's threatening civil unrest. And then this like mysterious thing shows up. They're like, oh, they're they're um, interrogating the driver, or whatever. It's like okay, they're not they're inter- like as if well, we don't know if he's related to this crime, and the this the crime scene photo is just like a fence around the back of the trailer. There's like nobody there. It's just one of those scenes that just doesn't look right to me. But civil unrest might hit there too. I think we're going to continue to see that That's it. Yeah, that's what's happening with Brexit. I think we're leading up to that. That's a good point. Because if either way, the outcome of Brexit is going to trigger discontent and uprising. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, maybe even I've been trying to figure out what's going on in Israel, but I, you know, I don't know. Uh, they the latest is that Gantz, the guy, they actually tied Netanyahu and Gantz. Gantz is allowed to now try to form a government, which means the government. When they call it government, they call it, it's basically the cabinet and the prime minister. And if there isn't a clear majority, like fifty one percent of the vote goes to one party, and then that party can like fill all those slots. Then they have to have a coalition government. And like with Netanyahu and Gantz, I guess one of them would be the prime minister and then other parties would fill in the cabinet and Netanyahu couldn't do it. I don't know how, I guess you have to get the Knesset to approve it. I don't know, but Gantz is now trying to. And if he can't do it, they'll have a third election within a year. And I don't see it going that way, but it could it could have civil unrest there too. I mean, it, when you have a real divided government like this, if you think they're not doing it right, I mean, it's looking in, you know, I don't know. I guess that Ukraine's unrest is passed, but it could it could actually spread 
everywhere around the world, like in the 60s. I think it might do that, and we're seeing these examples on TV and on the internet of how to carry on your protest, of how to organize your protest. You, you can go online and train yourself to be a community organizer. You can see videos of other people demonstrating tactics. To oh. It's so much easier to do now than it was back oh. in the 60s. There was a little tidbit in Snowden. Here, I'll tease a couple of things. Tomorrow, let's go to the impeachment stuff. I've got more on Ukraine. Let's do that in tomorrow's Drive Time news blast but on saturday the snowden thing the one thing that he said i there were some things at the end that he said that i was like you know i think this guy's a two-faced BSer, but that's interesting one of the things he said is you know <laughs> you don't have you don't have to be a hero just lay your brick so other people can lay their bricks on top that's how we're going to save the world and i guess if you have to throw the brick well <laughs> Maybe you throw the brick. But I wonder if this is this is all about, you know, doing your part, waiting waiting for your orders. I think it might be, and we'll find out more this weekend on WSB and you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at four PM on the com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to y'all later. 